0: Witton. happy Friday. <laughs> happy Friday to you, mate. Coming to you on time at 5.30 Vic time, uh, 4.30 Queensland time.
1: Yeah, perfectly on time. Uh, well, maybe not, folks. <laughs> uh, well, at least a few people are joining us, uh, even though we're running late today. Uh, Alison, thanks for joining us. Sorry about the tardiness today. I had complete brain meltdown, uh, thinking I was Totally on time. Thinking I was uh, back at um, the old daylight savings time, and Andy reminded me that no, uh, it's four o'clock Queensland and five o'clock in uh, in Victoria. But mate, uh, maybe because I was hanging out down in your neck of the woods the last uh, well late, earlier this week, so um,
0: we must have mate. thrown you off. A little trip down to uh, Victoria for the mentoring. Uh,
1: yeah, messed up my uh, messed up my. Clock mojo, but uh, welcome team, welcome folks. Good to see you guys here, Chris, uh, Allison, Jimmy. Good to see you, uh, Facebook user, whoever you are. Great to have you here too. Um, <laughs> but mate, uh, all the way from Melbourne. What are you drinking today? Uh, I was, I was, uh, I was told I had to bring this home. The Pinot Noir from uh, Leventine Hill,
0: Yarra Valley. Yeah, that was the, uh, the wine from Mentoring on Monday yep. night, wasn't it? The wine from Mentoring. So um, big
1: shout out to uh, our sponsors this week, um, Benson's Property Group <laughs> and uh, Levantine Hill, a uh, very nice drop of wine. So um, absolutely, absolutely lovely. Hey, good to see um, uh, Di, Allison, another Allison there, uh, uh, as well as James. Happy Friday to you guys. Great to see you joining us. Mate, um, it's been a bit of a crazy week, actually. Hey, folks, one thing I did learn about travelling again this week, Andy, is how bloody inefficient it is. <laughs> it's, hey, how, like how much time do you waste? I'm just blown away. I'm, just, I'm actually sitting here at the end of the week going, wow, it was wonderful to see everyone. Um, it, was, it was a little bit of fun to get out and about. But, um, yeah, it was totally inefficient. It was, it was terribly inefficient. Um, Uh, For time wise, but anyway, there you go. But we are
0: now doing something efficient now, Andy. We're on, we're on, (laughs) on efficiently half an hour, somewhere around where we should have been. Yes, (laughs) mate, I I concur. Just even just coming in, uh, you know, I I busted uh, almost two hours each way actually just coming into the live event, and the amount of work that you can get done, it's it's amazing. The gift that uh, that gets given sometimes by uh, a forced event like what we've been through, and and I say it to a lot of our clients, especially in the business space, it's, uh, you know, don't waste a good crisis. That's Churchill, not me, but um, but I, I certainly mirror it in, from the perspective of learn the lessons and and find out where the efficiencies are and don't just mean revert just because that's the way that we always did it. Yeah. Think about, well, what have we gained from operating in this environment? And I, I was shocked, mate. I was at another event uh, on uh, on Tuesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and, uh, you know, uh, around professionals sort of in our fields. And a lot of the talk was sort of getting back into the office full time, getting everybody in there. And I understand the frustrations, but I also sort of thought, wow, there's, there's some aggressive um, advantages that have come from this scenario. But there was just that, that, that tunnel vision, which is, no, no, just got to go back to the way that it was. Yeah. that's always the way that it was. Mate, you and I have
1: chatted, hopefully, uh, and let me know. Let us know on, online, folks. Would you like to go back to the way it was? Um, and it's no, like, there's no positive or negative about it. It's just, like, no no right or wrong answer. Would you like mm. to go back to the way it was before COVID, how, uh, how you were operating either in, in your career or your business, or, um, you know, do you like it now? I certainly, for one, are voting for how, uh, how we operate now, much more efficient.
0: Uh, in all so, sorts so of ways. Jase is no days in the office. So in the chat, just put in there, if you reckon no days in the office, write a big donut, <laughs> zero. Uh, if you think that uh, it's sort of sitting where I, I, I don't mind it, two to three, whack a two to three. Or if you think it should go back to normal, uh, whack five to seven. I'd uh, be interested to see what everyone's thoughts it, are. Benton,
1: bloody, if you were I, – I, I'd never work seven days in the office, mate. Like tell <laughs> – it's five to seven. Uh uh, note to self: Don't apply for Andy's uh, Andy's jobs. Just, <laughs> just <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. A big week will be seven days. Uh, you know, uh, uh, an easy an easy week will be five. <laughs>
0: combination the day. of both
1: for Dave. Yeah. Well, you yeah. know, there you go. I mean, some of us like a, a bit of um a bit of social. You know, Deanne's saying, "Hey, accommodation of both." Uh, Allison saying, "Hey, you know, two to three. Chris is like zero in the office. I fly interstate for work. So there you go chris chris doesn't mind that hey Chris is a bit of a uh, apple fan andy um and uh we're all we're all uh, frothing a little bit over the um oh, the new releases yes <laughs> I saw them geez how how didn't that make my slide deck today <laughs> well yeah we we don't want to end up um we don't want to end up um just talking about apple, but anyway uh why don't we do why don't we do this why don't we do this why don't we uh have a little crack on folks uh about uh Good to see all of you guys in uh, and on, even though Andy and myself were late. Well, I was late. Andy was actually pre- like on time, uh, but not <laughs> early. <laughs> but uh, uh, for those who uh, need a reminder or if you knew, uh, Andy and I started doing Wealth, Wine and Wisdom uh, over two years ago now uh, oh. as a response to the the COVID pandemic and and helping our respective communities, property investors and business owners uh, and investors in general uh, find their way through the confusion, confusion uh, that was happening at that point in time. Uh, we enjoyed it and we, we've we kept it going and um, each week we're debriefing the week and we do it in with, with a bit of a rough structure, a bit of a rough structure, folks. What's in the news? Andy and I keep an eye on some uh, articles and headlines to kind of... Uh, debrief them on some of them are rubbish some of them are uh worth most looking at yeah most of the rubbish but uh you know we find it important to debrief the week and bounce off each other you know our worlds are different but the same property and 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 the world of shares really is andy's neck of the woods and property's mine we kind of meet in the middle with meet in the middle not the biddle, <laughs> meet in the middle with some uh similarities and opinions but um yeah yeah, yeah. It's Friday's is the best, Alison. Yeah, we're, we're happy with a Friday. I think it works, don't you, Andy? <laughs>
0: hey, that's it. We're, it's only because neither of us have got social lives.
1: <laughs> we got nothing else to do on a Friday night. <laughs> that's right. Uh, and, and then a few of you guys are probably the same, so we're all, we're all peas in the pot here, which is awesome. But, uh, you know, we like to sort of debrief the week, what's in the news. If you have any questions... Whack them in the chat for us. Make sure you type them out. Uh, we're very happy to freestyle on any questions about the market, about shares, uh, about property, about whatever. Uh, when it comes to our world, uh, we're happy to give you a reasonably experienced, educated opinion. Uh, anything outside of our scope, we will, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll give it a shot. But uh, we can't, uh, we can't be held accountable to any accuracy. Um.
0: <laughs> yes, the big disclaimer. All of this could be true.
1: All of this could be true uh, as you go. And then maybe if we get around to uh, something a bit later on, uh, if we have a bit of time, we might do something, what we say, you know, things you should know, a bit of general knowledge about investing, uh, some other things. So hang with us, folks. Usually about 50 minutes to 60 minutes long. Good chat depending on how we get uh, wound up and how many questions you guys ask us as well. So we're always happy to rock and roll and, um, you know, keep it going. Uh, in the mix. So um, what do you reckon, Andy? Uh, Did I miss anything?
0: No, I reckon you're pretty much spot on, mate.
1: (laughs) Maybe late, but on point.
0: That's it. (laughs) Well,
1: mate, uh, I might chuck a few little uh, cheeky ones over the fence to kick off the night. Um, Try a few hand
0: grenades. Let's release some pins and get the the night started.
1: (laughs) Well, folks, a few things that are going on in the world of real estate and uh, I'll drill into these ones. I left this one up from last week, actually, which is, you know, uh home value is likely to likely to climb a little further before falling 15%. Uh, you know, again, you guys know uh you you guys know that I think that's a bunch of rubbish. Um, absolute rubbish. But I just love
0: I love the fact that the headline is actually hedging the bets. Yeah, it's, it's going, hedging it. It's right? likely to climb further before it falls fifteen to twenty. I like the I like the way that they'll put a fifteen to twenty five percent on the downside, but nothing on the upside.
1: Yeah. Well, it's funny, Andy. Uh, never in Australian property history as has the general property prices fallen anywhere anywhere near those two numbers. Um, and um, you know, I'll, I'll show um, I'll show you a stat later on. The 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 you know the full market falls it doesn't mean that somebody hasn't lost that much money in on an individual property. But when we call it the market, it's actually a very misleading word, right? The market, Andy. You know, um, there's Markets within markets within markets within markets within markets and markets and, uh, you know, so on, folks. So these generalizations are very, very dangerous to, to take any heed in. Um, but, you know, I thought it was quite funny, mate. You know, you and I talk about this, this all the time. You know, one minute they're going, it's going to fall. And then the next minute um, over here, uh, house lot sales. So the volume of sales to go down, which I've been talking about forever, but prices will rise you know um literally you know one minute apart articles one going it'll go down and then the next minute it'll go up you know make your mind up you lot uh, i don't think
0: <laughs> I, I, li- I literally saw it in the um in the the fin review uh i've forgotten whether i was in app or or where i was but um but it literally had the two polar opposite headlines one underneath the other <laughs> but before I could take a screenshot with it on my uh, on my phone the, 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 the article underneath disappeared but it literally <laughs> one was going up one was going down it's amazing uh, but, but that that's that's the media isn't it appeal to the people and uh I guess a lot of us and half of the reason why we do this is a lot of yeah. us as people uh, and it's it's ingrained within our psychology yeah uh, there's a a, a incredible book by um, Robert Cialdini or Caldini or whatever. I don't want to butcher his name, but I probably I think it's have. Cialdini. I'm pretty sure. Cialdini. Yeah. Yes. So it a, would be the one that I didn't actually say. I've had a butcher
1: at <laughs> that myself once or twice, Andy.
0: <laughs> and so as human beings, and this is where, where a lot of us aren't great investors uh, because ultimately we look for confirmation bias. We look as to the reason why we're right. Yeah. Uh, few people can actually look for the reasons why they're wrong. And and that's where a good analyst really comes from is for people who are looking for where they're wrong so that they can get a balanced view of, of where they're going. So it makes sense that the media is going to give you the top when, when they have no idea, which let's, let's, let's be honest, <laughs> is always. Uh, so always, as they've got no idea, they're going to hedge their bets. It's going to be one on the high side, one on the low side. So your filters based on your beliefs will ultimately dictate uh, what you read. And that's a classic
1: example, mate. Hilarious Abs- at the same time. Absolutely. Well, something very interesting, Andy, right now. Folks, I don't know if you guys have heard this one going around. Uh, my, my, uh, my 18-year-old son and his friends uh, were uh, schooling me on
0: uh,
1: an internet sensation at the moment, something that's gone viral. Does anyone know at the moment there's a question?
0: Is this the reason Uh, why we've started later, (laughs) Jason, so that we can
1: actually go into this content? (laughs) Which which goes to, which talks to your piece about this confirmation bias, Andy, which was actually a really interesting thing. So let me ask you this question. Uh, Maybe some of you guys online have heard this already. Okay. Uh, Which has more in the world? Either are there more wheels or are there more doors? in the world? Andy, your answer.
0: Mate, I'm going to say there's more
1: handles in the world than, <laughs> than both of them. The contrarian that is Andy Fenton. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got Maybe to get into both. But- Maybe you could be a politician, Andy.
0: You oh, answered the question without answering the question. <laughs> I just, I'm just, i really looking for the, the, the true analysis there, Jace, because we, when you do the math, like you think, well, where are all the doors? They're in houses. How do you open the doors with handles? Makes sense. Uh. Uh, uh, and uh, most of the wheels in the world are, uh, they're not on carts anymore. They're on cars. And yes, go. there's some motorbikes around there. And if you put Vietnam and China into there, then the, that might warp the statistics a little bit. So, uh, mate, Oh, what would be more of?
1: I, I'm Chuck it in the chat folks. If you think, if you've heard this, I don't know if you guys have heard this, maybe I only heard about it because of my younger kids, but this is an interesting experiment. Um, put it in the chat, have a guess, have a go. Uh, tell us why because Andy is already hedging his bets because he's actually, ax- <laughs> it, but it's interesting, Andy, just really interesting to see your brain, how it works because you are an analyst, right? So you didn't give an answer before you decided to understand, all right, how can I qualify my answer, right? And this is quite, um, quite abnormal, folks. What you just saw right now is an abnormal response to a piece of information or a question in the world been so called that Andy's- all my life. <laughs> Abnormal. I not I, normal, Andy. Not normal. I, I labelled it with special and then unique, uh, uh, with the kind of, <laughs> kind of terms that I heard for it over time, uh, mate. But um, so you know what most folks would do would would have a guess. Ah, oh, doors, doors for sure. Then they would they would seek out confirmation, confirmation for why their answer would be correct. Okay, mm. uh, and. That, folks, is, is something that happens all the time. And uh, that's, you know, what Andy was saying, confirmation bias. It's, you know, you you off the cuff without, without analysis. Um, oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. Doors. He's, he's taking doors and he's giving us some, some more, um, you know, confirmation on, you know, generally cars have got, you know, four doors and four wheels and maybe they've got five doors. Ajith, uh, uh, um, if you if the boot's a door, I don't know.
0: And this is the thing, right? It That's was why I went to handles because immediately <laughs> I went, uh, doors, what happens uh. if it's a slider? What happens if it's a hatch? <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, you. totally. Yeah. So then, you know, we go looking for the confirmation for, um, I hear there's more iPhones now than humans. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't. Alison, you know what? I've actually got four iPhones just for me. So, you know, if, if I'm of any um, – um, <laughs> And, and he, he doesn't
0: actually respond or text on any of them.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yes, I, I think Michelle's right. We need to bust out a spreadsheet, Andy, that's for sure. And Chris is saying, well, what about the spare wheel? Well, there you go. There's five wheels and a steering wheel. Folks, this is the sort of thing, and it's, a, it's actually a, a hilarious example of what we're talking about, where it is we we jump to a conclusion and this is a fun one this is we jump to an answer we jump to a conclusion we jump to a position and then what we do is we find uh random bits of information to block and build our position which was which was let's say prematurely taken without research data or discussion right so it, it's a really interesting one and i because the young fellows were asking, you know, we went to lunch and they were asking the the staff in the in the restaurant and they were asking everyone and like everyone was like having a guess right on the spot, right? And then they would immediately come up with like five reasons why their their answer, yeah, yeah. They like get onto Google, they like yeah. start googling away like man, yeah. So for all of us, and I, I I just thought it was fun and 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 uh, an interesting one, Andy, just to think about. That's how we uh, often as investors or. Uh, potential investors or discussing investing might position ourselves. We've got an opinion and we take a position and then we try and find bits to back it up rather than don't take an opinion, don't take a position, uh, uh, ask a question and then find out a few things around it and see what comes of that information. So I, I thought that was pretty interesting because if we fly back into, you know, Kind of a long way round of going. Uh, the reason I was sort of, you know, talking about this is, you know, this thing so okay, is expected to to fall, that it's expected to go up. You know, which way we 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 traveling here, Andy? Um, what is actually going on? And if we have a look in these two charts here, I'll see if I can zoom in on these. Let's have a look at this one. The monthly total listing for sales trends. Right now, this is existing properties, Andy. Existing properties. And have a look at that trajectory since 2010. All right, um, in the world of real estate right now, the trajectory is um, has been just down, nearly as low as you can go. And if you have a look um, back here from you know 2009, uh, the GFC, you know we had a little sort of little bump. But if you have a look at this, we had a really flat period for quite a while um and you know the regional areas tra- have projected down for for you know over a decade maybe even two decades now when it comes to the number of properties available in australia to 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 buy and sell so listings which is existing properties have reduced to folks record lows you know over here that was record lows look at that record lows uh, record, record lows. lows uh uh, uh what do they say? Allegedly record lows, Andy. Um,
0: and it comes. <laughs> um, so, you know. It's a new record, Jason. That's all that matters. It's a new, it's record. A new it's a record. It's a headline. Record
1: But, you know, if we have a look at other things as well, and uh, I'm going to do a Wealth Coffee chat on this one next week, folks. I'll dive a little bit deeper specifically into this. Um, but, you know, have a look at the months available of residential um, stock, and this is to do with land. Land stock um, uh, coming through, Andy, uh, are, are available for people to purchase. You know, um, and this is a month, so uh, so this is based on one month's worth of worth of supply. But you yeah, have a look at Greater Sydney uh, and Greater Melbourne. Greater Sydney, the the land so supply.
0: Just, just break that down a little bit more, Jace. So uh, so we're talking months of available residential stock. What what does
1: that mean? So. So, so if you were to say Andy's like saying, "All right, I want to buy some. I want to buy a piece of land in Melbourne, um, and um, uh, I've decided today, and I want to get on with it." Right. So, technically, from a supply point of view, the clearance of that piece of real estate being available for sale on the shelf and then gone in Melbourne is two weeks. Right. Wow. That's that's insane. Right. You have a look in Greater Sydney and Southeast Queensland, um, you know, that is one week or just one and a bit weeks, right? Wow. So, so, so everything that's up is is out and sold, right? Um, that's Kim Bruce's going mad sort of stuff, isn't it? I, it's insane. It's crazy. And, and anywhere, I mean, even Greater Perth, this is now, we're talking, you know, if you're talking up there, that's 12 weeks. That's not bad. 12 to 16 weeks of land supply. That keeps prices
0: no, in. in no, nobody's allowed over there. Perth has got to be a little bit of a, <laughs> an outlier at the moment because nobody new can go for an inspection. You wouldn't even buy in Perth via Zoom like they were doing up in Byron Bay because uh, you, you you might be able to buy the real estate, but there's bugger all chance you're going to be able to get in there and live in it or use right. it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you might. Yeah, um,
1: it's a long way to go. Uh, uh, also, so you know. Um, in my world, you know you guys have heard me say this, and I feel like I'm a bit of a broken record of recent times, uh, but you know I 'll beat this drum until the cows come home, folks. you know um, the supply issue in Australia is hideous, and it's only going to get worse, and um, you know that's where we have a look at it and we drill into these things, um, but it's interesting, Andy, uh, and i'll I'll leave this one as a little 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 breadcrumb. For you guys to join me on uh, Wealth Coffee Chats on Monday, potentially, that uh, uh, the land prices haven't gone up. Uh, the the average block price hasn't gone up as much as you would think because of this supplies constraint, but something else has reduced. There we go. All right, so let's say the prices have only gone up fifty grand a block. Andy, folks online. How is that the case when the demand is off the charts, but the price has only spiked on the cost of a piece of land um, in some of these places, not a, more in more others? Uh, but what has reduced to keep the price of an average block, an average block? Um, what's reduced to keep the price lower? Tell me that one. What do you think, Andy? You think you might have an idea? The price hasn't gone up as far on the block average, but something else has reduced to keep it low. The size,
0: I would have thought. It's not about size, Jase. But um, Mate, well, it is this time, Andy. You, you're you're it's a genius. That's how you use the block, I, I hear.
1: <laughs> ah, well, Yes. Yeah, yeah, and it's no use having a big block if you don't know what to do with it, right? Um, so, <laughs>
0: well,
1: they call it highest and best use, don't they? Highest and best use, Alison. You're right. It's the size of the block of land. Absolutely right. Um, so, what has what has happened, folks, is they have reduced the average block of land from four hundred fifty to four hundred to three hundred fifty to three hundred to two hundred ninety. That has kept the average block price of a piece of land, Andy, the house price averaging but what we're not what what, what's not being taken into account folks is that the block size has been reducing so when you talk about the cost per square meter yeah 450 is the new 650 and allison right now 350 is the new 450 yep 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 absolutely and then you know chris the cost of construction's gone up right so so what's happening andy underneath Folks, you guys, you guys who've been around a little while, you see this happening. You, what's there's there's a strange little mechanism going on mm-hmm. where it feels like the price is the same, but you're getting less. You know, um, the the size of the drink bottles gone down. You know, it's how The many? red spot
0: special all over again. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, so there you go. That that's what's happening under our under our feet. You know, and uh, if you were to go buy a 450 block, like Alison said, you know, 450, you know, square metres used to be the bomb, you know, well, that one is 150 grand more,
0: Andy. Mm.
1: Um, And uh, uh, away you go. Yep. Uh, This is
0: what we were talking a lot about, about taking one, turning it into two, taking one and a half, turning it into three or four. Yeah, um, which by the by means that there's going to be more doors than there are wheels. But, uh, <laughs> and
1: he's a door guy. And he's a door guy. Yep. And uh, Michelle, uh, Well, I mean, Michelle was in, in the retail trade for a long time and, you know, that's what happens to the major retailers. When they want more money, they reduce the size of the produce and then, you know, package it differently. So that's what's happening, folks, right there under our nose when it comes to the real estate game um, and uh, a few things. That's what's in the news right now, folks, if, uh, if that's um, out and about. But I, I did say, Andy, I would show this just quickly, um, you know, and have a look at these times and moments. This is the swings. This is the swings in the uh, house price growth year-end change uh, of the median, the median house price uh, since 1990 or something like that, right? So it's had, we've had some peaks. And this is about a year behind now, but if you look at it, check out this right. So we we have a look in, um, you know, in here. Anyone remember what this one is here? Anyone know what that one was? You know, that was. Uh, uh, you there still, Andy? I'm still here, mate. Oh, I think you've done something weird with your uh, with your camera, or is oh, that yeah. me?
0: No no, I've just I've I found a slide that perfectly overlays yours so I ah, Oh, yeah.
1: perfect. All right, we'll we'll switch out in a second then. So, you know, folks, you know, the GFC, the 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 worst financial crisis the world's ever seen. Boom, collapse. You know, uh 5%, 5% adjustment a year-end on house price growth, right? We had two little dips of that from the GFC, a little bit of GFC shock. The biggest one we've seen has had nothing to do with COVID. and Anyone know what that is? Chuck that one in the chat for me. What was the biggest reduction in pr- house prices we've ever seen um, in recent times since 1990, the, uh, the year-end change of the average or the median house price?
0: And just as um, a little bit of a hint, it doesn't rhyme with wanker, but it does have <laughs> something to do with them.
1: <laughs>
0: uh, and it well, does you know, rhyme with politician uh, with magician, <laughs> there magician. We go. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, well again yeah again that was the the political uh messing around with the supply of uh finance folks um at the apra finance squeeze boom james nailed oh, yeah. it james on yep. it. james gets the sticker we need a little andy give him a cheer mate Good work, good work, James. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The industry changing the rules for um, for investors, absolutely, Rosalind. And um, you know, that's what happened. Well, let's have a look at Andy's little chart here. What do we got, mate? Well, why does it have to be a little chart? Come on, hey, it's big now. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, it's
0: uh, we we should overlay these, and maybe next uh, next week we will. Uh, we'll get yeah. them and we'll put a translucent uh, copy over the top of it because. Ultimately, you know, your, you, you, the, the GFC was here, was over here, right? And so this is, a, this is the uh, cash rate yes. target effectively and uh, in, in Australia. And obviously, you can see right now it's down as, as low as it can go. Uh, it, it's a true red spot special. It doesn't actually get any lower than this. Um, well, it could if it went negative, but we all understand that doesn't really work. But uh, if you add this as a correlation over your previous chart, like you, you, there's, there's very, very definite trends. And one of, one of the biggest impact is uh, or one of, the, one of the big things that impacts more on property than anything else uh, from what I see in the, um, in the commercial world, uh, but it's got to flow through, is the availability of credit. It doesn't yes. actually, the cost of credit, Almost doesn't matter because you can go through times of hyperinflation like you have in Brazil, where everything's going up at a million miles a second, and you can still get massive house growth. You can still get high interest rates, but it's it's worth it. The game is that still is so that's so true, Andy. Because you know the GFC, those
1: interest rates, you know, post GFC uh, were you know sevens, eights, nines, but the availability of that credit still in Australia. Was,
0: was easy, right? There was easy credit still. It, well, outside of the, the commercial space, yeah. Commercial yes, yeah. really, really dried up as a result of, you know, over-leveraged positions, property syndication in Australia. Uh, but the the availability of credit, and that's where where you see this rapid decline in interest rates with a rapid increase in the availability of credit. You actually saw, if, you, if we go back to your chart, Jace, we saw this massive spike. Uh, which was synthetically created by policy, effectively. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that massive spike, so you can see it right there with the far left of the screen, Yeah, uh, housing price growth just went freaking absolutely bananas um, and then obviously came came back down. And so availability of credit went through the roof and I'm not sure whether that was pre or post uh, GFC, but availability of credit would have been one of the strongest uh, along with inflation. So if it was before and inflation's running hot, uh, then if you as long as you've got credit growth, you're going to have asset growth. That, that's yes. pretty much bar yep. none, right? Yeah. So this everyone always says interest rates go up, property prices go down. It's Bullshit. It's not necessarily a straight correlation. People always say interest rates go up, share markets go down. It again, it's bullshit. And uh, and I've actually got one which i'll just show and i think we went through this last week but it probably uh deserves another quick mention because we talk about it a lot yeah Uh, if we have a look at uh and this is us statistics again uh, team because it's a bigger target sample and it's a a, it has so it's less affected by noise we're two percent of the gdp and us is like 48 to 53 or whatever depending on which year it is but when we look at starting interest rates Ending interest rates over these time periods over the left hand side here, all of these periods of time represent um, reasonably large interest rate increases. rises. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yep. But when we actually have a look at the S and P, which is the market return over those same periods of time, mm-hmm. Jesus, interest rates went from five point five percent to twenty percent, and there was sixty eight percent growth in the equities market. So. There And look, there could be a lag effect because you could go, and I, and I haven't done the additional analysis, but you go 1981 uh, to 1990, you know, uh, as an example. Well, I know that over that period of time, we actually had very strong markets anyway, so it kept on going up. So this perceived correlation of, of, of uh, this door and wheel argument that people have you know, uh, is not necessarily statistically <laughs> true. Accurate, yeah.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, the idea, mate, is that, you know, for all of us as investors, you know, uh, you, you always say this one, you know, his history, you know, is a good uh, a good example but not necessarily repeating itself, right? I don't even know how what, – what, I remember what you say but – I reckon I've said that around about
0: – maybe a hundred times on this show, and I just love the fact that you can never get it right. History doesn't <laughs> – like, ladies and gentlemen, let, let's see if you can get this yeah, in the chat. You, what, you what say something say about fucking history?
1: history. History's a good mimic or something, but it's not fucking – oh, shit. We'll see if we can,
0: anybody gets it in there. There's just a, there's a definite gold star for this. But uh, history doesn't repeat itself, but it's an incredible mimic. Uh, see, and I knew
1: there was mimic in there somewhere, Fenton. Definitely a mimic.
0: And, and look, we're seeing that right now, and I'm not yeah. quite sure what you're about to go to here, but we're certainly seeing it right now because we're we're in – uh you know a potential wartime. Well we are in a wartime. We're certainly in yeah. a high level conflict time. Uh yeah. first time in a very, very long time since people have talked about nuclear weapons. I uh, got some interesting statistics in and around that. Uh, and so they're good wine then, Jason. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <I> <laughs> um but if we I guess goes back to if we're looking for confirmation that markets are going to go down, you'll find it. Yeah. If you're looking yeah. for confirmation that markets are going to go up, you'll find it. But the reality is that these uh, what are they called? Uh, something maximums? I forgot. Now I've got your your problem, Joe. <laughs> yeah, forget it. No, you, you you're on the
1: wine too, mate. There you go. We're having these these moments. These old men moments. <laughs> <laughs> What's my name? Where am I? <laughs> Who am I again? Uh these data so, points in, in there so so what are we looking at here jace well i mean last week you showed something very similar to this andy when it came to all right well you know over time you know what was going on and what happened especially in relation to you know what's going on right now wars you know um et cetera. Et cetera. and i uh, found this one which i thought was quite um interesting as well you know it'd be interesting to overlay any of those other things from 1970 when it came to, you know, um, if there was anything going on and, you know, conflicts and, and, and stuff from that point onwards. But, you know, the property prices have, have tended to, you know, traject, you know, in a, a fairly consistent uh, trajectory. You know, from around the, you know, the 1990 recession, you know, the, the cash rates and interest rates have gone down pretty well. But prior to that, you know, interest rates, cash rates, we, we were still trajectory pretty nicely anyway. We've now, you know, entered or we're going to be in a low interest rate environment for a long, long time. I think probably forever, Andy. Michael would be under 5%, you know, for a long, long time for decades and decades to come. Uh, we got a question about, you know, interest rates uh, there from um, uh, someone we might sort of circle around to answer that one in a minute. But you know in reality you know gfc uh you know covid you know these major uh major things in the real estate market you know small little miss uh small little pause you know you can see small little pauses in the the property trajectory but but in reality does didn't hold it back didn't stop it interest rates uh went up Here and this is this. If we zoom in on this one, Andy, interest rates went up in this section, 2010 onwards, um, and the the property market took off. So interest rates went down, you know, to to you know, uh, soften the blow of the GFC. Then they bopped them back up real quick,
0: and uh, but the property market was still travelling. Because- let's, let's go up there, Jason, have a look at how aggressively it did over that period of time. So you can see there just where that circle is at. Yeah. Yep. You can see the little W that happened there, yep. which because there's obviously a lagging effect. And if you think of how long it takes you to buy property, 30, 60, 90 days just in, you know, achieving the finance. Yeah. Be interested yep. to know what do you what do you guys think actually happened over that period of time that led to look at that as a very steep. Increase in property prices while there were rising interest rates. What do yeah. you think? What do you think happened there? You're really there's interesting some, for you guys. There's some to- interesting ones, but you know,
1: uh, what happened in Brisbane? There was uh, there was a flood, and then there was a supply, an oversupply in Brisbane, um, and uh, you know, it's it's actually not a bad thing to have an oversupply in markets, Andy, um, because what happens is you can you can buy position, and this is where Sam and I work. Talking about this stuff. You know, you could buy one kilometer from the CBD of Brisbane in 2014, 2015, when we had a supply, quite a lot of supply, for uh, just an absolute cracking price. Mm. Like, you know, fantastic. You know, now go and try and buy that same thing for six, seven hundred thousand dollars back then, maybe even cheaper it was, you know, four fifty to five fifty. Now it's a million two, a million five, right? So supply. Supply allows you to buy higher quality things um, in better locations when the market is supplied sufficiently or even a bit oversupplied. Uh, and don't be afraid of oversupply if you are a serious investor. Um, it, it actually gives you some very good buying terms as a, as a purchaser. So, you know, uh, in Australia right now, you know, Melbourne um, has actually got um, a little bit more supply than um, Brisbane and, and Sydney, like the, our primary markets where we're we're shopping. So Melbourne is a little bit more competitive when it comes to the price per square metre and the price per position um, for an investment at the moment than Sydney or or Brisbane is at the moment, right? So Adelaide and Perth, you know, you guys saw those stats before, you know, not flying out to those locations just yet for, Investment because I think there's great buying in those other three locations, but you know there 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 you go, Andy. So so that was my stuff, mate. Um, I've got a few other little ones here that I thought you and I could wax lyrical on. I know you you've got a you've got a couple, <laughs> but uh, one thing that uh, has entertained me in the news uh, of recent times, which I think is pretty interesting. So I saw this article today. Two major tectonic shifts will last for decades, folks into the future. Which will which will affect the the equities market, Andy? No, and you and I have talked about this, right, um, folks? Tell me what you guys think it might be. Two major tectonic shifts or things that the equities market will need to understand, price in, hedge against. You know, blah 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 blah. Whatever those things might be, Andy might be able to sort of take the conversation a little bit further, but. Tell us in the chat team. What do you guys think it might be? What what things? It says here, two big shocks sparked by the war in the Ukraine will shape the financial markets and the commodity markets and the global economy for decades to come. But equity investors seem sanguine. Oh, what the hell is sanguine, Andy? Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what that means. <laughs> it's a it's a winery up, uh, up up in the in the north of Victoria, I think. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh um Well, Rosalind, I think, has, uh, has started the, the foray of the answer, which oil, yes. Uh, oil, but what does it mean, oil, but also a few other things, Rosalind? Good work. Uh, we want to give Rosalind a cheer, Andy. You've got the sounds. Hey, Rosalind. <laughs> uh, um, so, the idea we've got a few little spammers dropping by, folks. I'll just uh, block them as we go and Andy can Andy can continue the chat. Um but listen, uh Roslyn said oil, uh but it is known as a bit of an energy crisis Andy.
0: And that's uh th- that that's what we're looking at at the moment. That's what's probably in my view is having some of the more uh substantial effects on on markets at the moment and probably causing a little bit more of the the turbulence. Uh it's it's less about the war if you ask my most, uh most market commentators at the moment though they, they're basically saying that the like like what happened with covid the the market sort of started pricing it in really quite early uh and then the emotion drove it down created a huge amount of volatility but there was pre-pricing uh of covid into the markets and there's certainly pre-pricing of this conflict uh in markets now that doesn't necessarily translate directly into commodity prices because that is largely then driven by political decisions to create trade embargoes. And that, it's been a while since we, we used this because we, we talked about this uh, you know, almost two years ago in that the standard way things happen and, uh, and look, hopefully it never eventuates, but the standard way you know, these geopolitical events tend to uh, work through is that they have um, currency wars, Right, where mm-hmm. they manipulate their currencies in order to gain a competitive advantage on whatever it is that they're vying for over that period of time. And then we go to trade wars, and trade wars are what you're seeing literally right now with embargoes, with tariffs, with you know, limited supply, and, and that, those wars actually have more of an impact on global markets than the war itself. Uh, I, I hate to say it, but more often than not, war is actually a good thing for markets. Uh, it's not a good thing, and I don't endorse it, and I don't celebrate it by any stretch of the imagination. But uh, what wars can do, uh, can do, and have done in the past, have actually driven, uh, driven construction, driven uh, markets up, uh, because there's obviously a number of things that need to be produced in order to be able to. Um, uh, in order to be able to go to war, so a lot of people make money out of wars. People wouldn't have wars unless they made money out of them. Uh, but it is the, it's all of the tariffs, it's all the trade embargoes, it's things like that which really have a, a larger impact. In, and in um, and that's what we're going to see. And the effects of this can be a lot longer standing. Like if we have a look at, again, we covered this about a year and a half ago. <laughs> we were talking about uh, fracture. Uh, shale oil and yeah. uh, and and the american relationship with the saudis i i've been reading some interesting stuff right about now because uh they're, they're looking to reunite some ties but good old um, trump gave a fair few draw blows to the saudis throughout his period of time in in politics so uh biden's eating some humble pie right about now trying to uh negotiate some reasonable terms and supplies because ultimately uh that's kicks on like uh, that that uh, and i've got something here which i can share with you uh, you know the the oil prices actually are very very closely related to the cost of food and we talked about this last week from a slightly different perspective but you'll notice here there's a few things that tend to pick up when oil prices really start to spike right um, now you can see here crude obviously uh on a on a rocket ship right about now but look how quickly it priced into the food market over here. So we're talking about wheat and we're talking about the food index. Uh, so a larger stream food ex- index over in the US. So obviously spiking really aggressively. I haven't got an update on this, but they're going to keep going north. And they're going north because the combine harvesters are still powered by oil, you know, the the. the, yeah. the, yeah. the, the, the shipping or the transport of these you don't have as many tesla trucks on the road or you don't have enough of the tesla trucks on the road just yet in order to be able to fuel them uh these ways but what we can see is so this this kind of trade war that's happening and we saw very very similar things with kuwait uh and um iraq and and, but albeit these because of the the velocity of money back then it had a longer term effect Right, it happened slower. the The volatility wasn't quite as big, but the the velocity of information and the velocity of money wasn't uh, as fast as what it is well, now. That how would be interesting to... to see, right? Because you
1: know we've talked about that. You've talked about it a lot about the velocity of how fast money and and stuff can travel around and information. You know, yeah, that'd be very interesting to
0: see how that plays out. So when we talk about energy we're absolutely look this is something that's going to play out for a little while because the parts that you can't correct quickly uh, are the relationships uh because obviously there is there is uh there's there's political positions that people are going to be taking uh, yeah. as these things come through uh people are looking politicians are looking for their own confirmation bias they're looking for their own doors and their own wheels uh, and trying to substantiate their cases as to why they're writing it. So, so these things can take time to kind of wash through, uh, but then they they can revert very, very quickly. You know, once, once you start to remobilize, there's an inertia that happens, especially in oil, when you start really doubling down on production, that might be three, six months, then all of a sudden that hits the market and the same thing as what you were saying previously about property. Then all of a sudden you have a flood on the market and you you end up with the exact opposite. It's, it's, yep you know energy prices will plummet potentially you know in the future should that happen. There you go. well,
1: Roslyn did some uh, research, thank you Roslyn. um sanguine optimistic or positive, especially in apparent apparently bad or difficult situations. He's sanguine about the prospects of the global economy. well, there you go that's uh. That's uh learn something today, so thank you, Rosalind. Um, appreciate you uh taking the time to do the research on that one but uh reading that article andy uh, part of that was um you know certainly talking about all of those you know uh influences when it comes to you know oil and other bits and pieces. one of the things in there was the idea that energy security for for countries yep. is is like high on the agenda, right you know um and, um, but my brain, you know, like yours, you know, we think a little bit outside the box sometimes and energy security, you know, uh, you know, a lot of Europe is, is relying on Russia for, you know, oil and gas, right. Um, they pipe, they pipelines, you know, across, you know, hundreds of thousands of kilometers or thousands of thousands of kilometers. And now they're, they're having an argument. So Russia can say, yeah, no more gas, you lot, you know, and no one can cook, no one can do whatever. Energy security into the future. and it's interesting, and probably not uh, a coincidence. you see people like Twiggy Forrest here, um, you know Andrew Forrest talking about you know some of the new future energy systems that uh, people are investing in, a billionaire uh, like Forrest saying, hey, he's going to get behind green hydrogen as you know a solution, like the Elon Musk of the world getting behind you know batteries and solar. Uh, you know, like Mike Cannon-Brooks, folks, I don't know if you guys have heard Mike Cannon-Brooks, uh, founder of Atlassian, uh, one of Australia's most successful companies exports ever in Australia's history, uh, just made a bid on AGL, tried to buy, you know, a, a part of AGL, Australian Gas and something or other. I think it, oh, I, I can't remember what it's called, actually, AGL. Um, and um, he said if he could buy the company, he would shut down the nine coal coal plants, Andy. All right. So, you know, what are your thoughts in that space, mate? We've got, we've got private privateers, you know, we know the future. Uh let's say, you know, oil now is up, you know, petrol, it goes to three dollars, five dollars. All of these technologies now, Andy, become actually competitive yep. in the marketplace. You know, what what do you think? You know, this is this is the old, you know, not financial advice, but uh crystal ball gazing in this no, space, well, you know?
0: Well, let's, let's just talk about stats. Yeah. Right, let, let's, let's not go to vice, but I, I think, <laughs> Jace, you and I do share a brain, mate, because our slide preparation was not rehearsed. But uh, what we're looking at here is billions of dollars. Um, by Ro- Ro-
1: Roslyn, here. our producer. Thank you, Roslyn. You are now um, our official producer. Roslyn has <laughs> done, um, she has helped us with Australian Gas Lighting Company. There you go, AGL.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Australia. Oh my, I didn't realize they were the gaslighters of Australia. <laughs> 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 no, so, so, so they work with the politicians. I always thought they were in an energy company. <laughs> well, apparently they're into gaslighting. Uh, uh, is, uh, they, they should be on maths. Uh, so what we're looking at here, right, and I just thought this was interesting. I'm doing a bit of, uh I'm doing a lot in this space. I've been doing a lot in this space now for about two years. Just uh, anything responsible, anything ethical what I've realized is that responsible and ethical uh, to everybody have completely different definitions. Uh, and we may actually bring on uh, one of our UK friends to, to talk about this. They've got uh, one of the most advanced uh, ESG screening tools in the world at the moment and uh, super brains, incredible business, love them to death. But uh, So what we're looking at here is actually the uh, – per half year, the billions of dollars that are spent in renewable energy. So we've got so, wind and so in blue. invested in those businesses,
1: like sort of invested,
0: yep. Yep. So we're going back to 2004 on the, on the chart on the left-hand side. Wow, wow. Uh, and this is from Bloomberg. So uh, you know, look at that sort of growth that we're seeing. So wind has had a massive, massive growth. Huge. Solar, obviously huge. Believe yeah. it or not, though, you look at these statistics in Australia, Jason, you would be shocked. We are shit. We are behind the world so far. So embarrassing. It's it's embarrassing. It really is embarrassing. And this is where um, affluence breeds dickheads. Yeah. Uh, And uh, make no mistake, you know, strength isn't built from good times. It's not. Strength is built from bruises, from shit, uh, from from learning the lessons of struggle. And the same thing politically and economically I'm now really starting to believe. Uh and this entitlement kind of philosophy that people have, or this entitlement maybe I'll just stop on that. No, right, I'll keep going. The entitlement philosophy that voters have in regards to who they elect as well. Uh, the same thing. So now it's a popularity race in in regards to politics. But anyway, I'll yeah. get off my soap horse. Uh, my soapbox box rather. Um but clearly what we're seeing here is a massive drive. So Wind and solar, are they the most efficient? Well, no, they were just, only 20 years ago, the only things that we could start to invest money in and have a crack at being able to really make sustainable. But now biofuels, biomass and waste, geothermal, small hydro, marine, these, this side of the equation is really starting to, 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 to show some good upside the, the problem is there's just no capital in there at the moment. So if we extrapolate this growth trajectory and, and we're talking, you know, 100 and 160, so we're talking 300, almost 400 billion a year because uh, this is half yearly, these, these stats here. So 400, uh, close, to, close to 400 billion a year is get, being spent and will be very, very soon. These will start to take over, and you're 100% right. One of th- one of the great opportunities I think that'll come from you know this conflict, uh, this conflict, is uh, is everybody looking at how can we, based on where we live, uh, produce more sustainable, long term profitable ways of producing energy. Well, you because- think about it,
1: Andy. You think about it right now, right? So yeah, it, which is which is great. Like I love these conversations because. You go, all right. Well, uh, let's let's say I'm New Zealand, right? Um, and hello to our sorry, mate. brothers and sisters across the across the ditch. Oh, I love the New Zealanders. I love <laughs> uh, they're the a New good Zealanders. crew, right? And it's they just a, yeah, it's just a close example, right? So I'm Ooh, New okay. Zealand. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to be I don't want to be buying coal or uranium or any other resource that I don't have in my own country. Like why, you know, how can I be energy independent now? If you think about that, folks, right now, what are the three big things, Andy? Right, you go. What what are they? They're they're food, they're water, and energy independence. Right, they're they're kind of like the the baselines. You know, can can you get a pair of jeans from you know? you know, from another country cheaper than you could build them in, like make them in New Zealand, yes, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the zombie apocalypse a- arrives, you know, you make your bloody jeans in New Zealand, right, if you had to. Um, so, but, you know, uh, you know, New Zealand is, wa- is a country that's actually leading the way with being very, very independent energy-wise. So, you know, Think about that sort of stuff, you know, and, and some of these, you know, the, the supply chain issues that we've seen over COVID, now potentially the energy issues that maybe places like Europe are going to feel more than, you know, us in Australia or America, um, shaping the future. And also, for me, what I think is exciting is that, you know, renewable energy uh, can be more cost effective, could be more cost effective. And I'm really trying to get my head around at this moment in time going, okay, well, you know, if petrol prices go up to two bucks or three bucks, um, does that make it more tan- tangible for them to try and drill more holes in the ground and pull out more oil? Or, you know, is it that uh, electricity uh, is now. Cheaper from wind or solar or all these both. other projects, it's a bit it's of both, both, right? Yeah, it's both. It,
0: they're yep. they're not they uh, they're not mutually exclusive to each other. They they work with each other. Uh, yep. You know, oil will never be dead. Uh, petrol, you know, will never be dead. It will just have a purpose use. Yes, uh, and whether that then becomes an almost insignificant amount of purpose use, then maybe yep. that's that's where it you know ends up. But these all. Th- the natural, equilibri- the natural equilibrium of things will be that they will all find their highest and best use. And, um, and that's what this is all about. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, you talk about New Zealand, you think about the geothermal uh, projects that are happening over there at the moment, being able to harness the use of, you know, a thermal activity that is, yeah. which is a part of the countryside. And being able to use that to support, you know, the the energy production of the uh, of the whole country. Like there, there's some amazing things that are going over there. But at the moment, the amount of money being spent in other areas, other than, you know, your solar and your wind, are quite insignificant.
1: Yeah, and crazy, we, huh?
0: That's a we, fucking that's a crazy chart. That's awesome. And we we will see that dynamic change quite significantly, especially now because there's there's a political agenda that can be. Utilized by different companies out there, and yeah. uh, and again, it's not the only source of being able to to provide energy security. Like in in Australia, we can start to dig the stuff up, uh, we can start to re re pipe the, the the gases uh, and all of those sorts of things. But I think that the world is now starting to go in a different direction. And one of the reasons why uh, Twiggy's doing what he's doing now, a lot of people haven't known this, but we we do ESG screening on on stocks for our portfolios, we do it for all of our investments. It's it's almost impossible now, well not impossible. It it is unusual to find uh you know uh, gambling stocks uh in portfolios, right? Because most people are now going, no, we don't want it. We want ethical. Um just by the by make an extraordinary amount of money on the uh the gambling stocks, but inconsequential to this this commentary. But so what what we're seeing now is a lot of people want to go into the socially responsible. A lot of people want to go into the ethical investment side of the equation. So as more money naturally goes into that area, we're going to see obviously more investment. It'll get more mature. Uh, And with Fortescue, with with Twiggy and the guys, they have been banging this drum now for about five years of making the transition because they're now talking about having a company that used to be the big bad dog on the street and transforming what they do because now, now they have the, the size, they have the capability. So if yeah. you have one of the biggest suppliers that was the the bad boy on the block as far as ESG is concerned, well, Zebra can change its stripes. And that's exactly what he's talking about doing. He's, about, he's talking about repositioning the company now for future sustainability. For uh, another 200 zebra. years.
1: Yeah, the 100%. next 200
0: years. It's interesting, isn't
1: it? Um, uh, what's one of the biggest... Funds, investment funds in the world—is it BlackRock or Magellan? I can't remember who who it is. Uh, I, there's I, a number,
0: I mean. and there's Russell, there's BlackRock, there's uh, well, Magellan's a big international one that's been in the news a lot, but yeah. not not one of which, the biggest by country. Which more.
1: one? Yeah. Which one divested itself? And it was 18 or 19. It said, "Hey, listen, we're out. We're out of um, we're out of coal. We're out of oil. Like we're out." Oh, like, many. Yeah, many. because yeah. they've because they've basically said, "Hey, listen, it's a 200-year play here. It's not a 20-year play." Um, and we're out and, and it was it was actually it was interesting to observe the conversation where a few people a few of the the media were saying oh you know that's that's wonderful you're, you're choosing you know a better future for the planet and, and basically the guy said and i'm laughing out of like embarrassment almost like this what the? he said oh, i don't give a shit about the planet and its, future. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's got it's got to do with investing and i'm like holy shit you know like that's hardcore you know it's
0: like that's brilliant yeah. i love it i absolutely love it call it call it how you see it it's yeah. like, i'll go anywhere we make money we've got yeah. a few satellite funds that are in prostitution yeah. and gambling and uh, pharmaceuticals yeah. Yeah. as well yeah yeah
1: exactly well you know alison was talking about you know um oh, i think it was this one here um you know big movement to ensure that super funds were invested ethically which is great i, I love that you know um Roslyn chucked this one up as well. You know, it shows real-time use of, you know, solar power. Like, and the and the thing is, which which I love. I'm a big fan of a, a bunch of YouTube channels about, you know, um, you know, uh renewable energies, all sorts of things like it's not it's not one of them, it's a combination of them that's actually going to help us, you know, get shit on track, um, and and do a bit of a better future, you know, uh, which is which is awesome. We've been um One of of the things that we've been doing, Andy, and plenty of the the team online know that we've been making sure that all of our properties are six-star rating and above when it comes to energy efficiency. And if they aren't, sometimes they're like five and a half or whatever. We're buying and planting trees um, to offset the carbon. So, you know, if everyone does their their job uh, or a little bit, but it's kind of trendy, it's kind of niche, it's kind of in, right? And what does that mean to us as investors? Not only do we feel good about what our money's doing, but um, we can get a return, Andy, and we can be yeah. part of, you know, part of some companies and some growth and some, some assets and returns for the future, which I think is smart to keep an
0: eye on. Well, this is where the interesting conversation starts. And maybe it's something that we'll, we'll jump into in future weeks. It's something that I'm, uh, I, I'm not going to say I'm a, an expert on any stretch of the imagination, but something I've certainly been studying for a while. You, you, you look at these large companies wanting to bring Facebook is because ostensibly what is Facebook? It's a user's platform, but like what is the value of Facebook? Like tangibly it's not property. It's not oil. It's not, you know, any of these things. It's, it's an intangible, which they're now in the metaverse and all that sort of jazz. But what my point is, is that these things started to drive. They, they attracted a lot of money. They attracted a lot of uh, venture capital and they attracted the, the imagination and the audience of a world uh, of billions of people, and they went north very, very, very quickly. Mm. My, my tip uh, and is to watch the the socially responsible, the ESG, the RSI, uh, the renewable, ESG ESG. What's the acronym? Oh mate, I forget. Uh, environmental, sustainable, sustainable, green, um, green. RSI responsible sustainable investing.
1: Uh-huh, uh there's, yeah. there's
0: there's there's re- there's so many different acronyms that are coming out for this stuff <laughs> now uh and and everyone's interpretation is different what you think is socially responsible may not even start to articulate it for me and th- that that's going to be one of the big challenges uh, moving yeah. forward. but one of the great opportunities is that everyone's looking into that space now and so what that does is facebook had a ridiculous amount of capital that was invested in the company before it even turned over a dollar of revenue. And so, this kind of movement has the potential that very similar things can happen in that we can shift in different directions and we can have very, very large amounts of the global resources go into companies that are producing these types of technologies. And now it's trendy to do so. Yeah. 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 And it's that's- in vogue, right? Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's the thing. Well,
1: it's an interesting one, right? What did they say? Was it the '80s or '90s? You know, greed was good. Was was some catch cry? Um, and um, you know, now sort of sustainable or um, or uh, renewable or green is good. Um, you know, I think I prefer the the latter rather than the prior. But um, yeah. green is
0: good. But my, it's been twenty years in the making to get to here, and yeah, we're just yeah, yeah. starting to get to the level. Like That's we're good. we're still probably. F- we need to double the amount of expenditure into these areas before they're really going to have the resources to be able to, to take yep. it next level. Yep. But it's trending in that direction and all of the uh, research that I'm doing at the moment is that these types of ethical investments are actually performing really, really well and sometimes really outperforming well. uh, the major
1: indexes. And, well, uh, Andy, you know, what we do know, I mean, we could probably bring a little some of these stats maybe for next week or the week after, you know, um, the transition, the largest transition of wealth the world has ever seen is underway, folks, um, from the baby boomers to uh, the ones coming after. You know, the next 10 to 20 years, the, the, the wealth will transfer from the baby boomers to those who are next. There we go. Let's do that. Um, and, um, yep, uh, it's, it's on its way, Andy, and uh, I think for all of us, that's something to keep an eye on, potentially. It can't come soon enough, and um, you know maybe maybe the next generation will uh, will start to uh, will start to uh, because it's in vogue, because it's potentially the right thing to do, because that's the way they want to roll it. This world of green, responsible, you know, uh, add value to the planet. Planet Investing is going to be uh, the next big boom. Now, that's that's my call, allegedly. Anyway, that's that's what I think. Those industries are going to go off their chops.
0: Well, off it takes curve. a value shift quite often in markets uh, yeah. politically in order to really change the trajectory of the world. And we are seeing, you know, the the Ys and the X, uh, we're just the in-betweenies that yeah. don't really fit anywhere. We don't have any... <laughs>
1: What ideas of TV? our own. We,
0: don't, <laughs> we we didn't we didn't create the tech. Well, we created the the, the tech era, I guess. But uh, but we're the in betweenies, and as we filter through, uh, let's face it, you know we're we're here, Chase. Mm. You know we're in this range right here, the range that nobody yeah. really gives a stuff about. Um, but the transition of wealth will majority be down here. Yeah. And that's where there's different values. There's different yeah. ideas as to where the world's going to go. There's different ways that they communicate. There's different what platforms that they use uh, to communicate with. And, and ultimately, there is a very, very different way. And you know it with your kids, right? They, they look at the world from a very, very different perspective. Different kettle of fish. Yeah. And they don't listen to us. <laughs> little buggers. <laughs> I, think, I think at some point in time, we used to listen to our parents and kind of take what they had as as sort of you know that that's the direction but there's I, think lot-
1: that, I think that was propaganda, Andy, I think that's propaganda <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's ever happened in the the history of the world, but folks why don't we why don't we why don't we put a dot in that one andy um and uh leave that for another day because uh I think that'd be a great conversation to have at some point in the future, and folks um let us know if there's uh a subject you might think we might uh might be fun to to cover. Uh, coming soon, Andy and I are thinking about uh, busting open on the Friday show. A little bit of uh, a little bit of some theming. We wanted to do some stuff around business owners. We wanted to do some stuff around um, investments. You know, different other bits and pieces. Maybe getting some guests on. So uh, keep an eye out, folks. We're going to sort of design maybe the next six to twelve months of Wealth Wine and Wisdoms um and um do something uh, a little bit themed in and around that, but if you've got an idea, give us a shout out let us know always um always happy to um you know uh do what we uh do what we need to do when it comes to answering the questions of everyone in uh in the world of uh the community so uh, I had to block a couple of uh y oh
0: <laughs> what happened there. Mate, I'm, I'm watching that. We're, we're getting smashed in the background of. Uh, we're getting spammed out of control in the background here. It's incredible. A few
1: spammers on tonight. Don't know what that is, folks, but uh, just ignore it. Um, so there we go, Andy. Folks done and dusted. Wealth, wine, and wisdom. Fenton, Good to hang out with you, mate. Good folks, to see you, mate. Great to hang out with you guys as well. Thank you for hanging out today, Chris, Alison, Rosalind. Our uh, our now unofficial but official producer and researcher. Um, and the rest of you guys, fantastic to have you guys today, hanging out, um, doing what we need to do on a Friday afternoon, having a bit of fun potentially. Hopefully, for those who uh, those who have been uh, here the whole hour, hopefully it was useful. Um, so uh, I think that's it. We'll call it done and dusted, Penton. We'll try and be on time next week, folks. Um, I'll (laughs) let Andy organise the calendar, not me. (laughs) Have a great weekend, ladies and gents. And it's a good night from me. And it's a good night from him. Good Good night.